Welcome to Prince Trap by Trappers and Steve Winter Classics. Today we're going to be talking about the opening track from Music of My Mind, Love Having You Around. Released only 11 months after the previous album on the 3rd of March, 1972. On the track we have just Stevie Wonder, along with Art Baron on trombone. Um, and the track is written by Sarita and Stevie, uh, freshly divorced um, <laughs> after being married for a mere 18 months. The track is 7 minutes 21, and joining me to talk about today is Sarah Ifdecker. Hello, Sarah. Hello, thanks for having me. So this is, by some people, judged as the first of the classic albums from Stevie Wonder's you know, classic period. Right. And, um, you know, more importantly, it's the start of his new contract. He had managed to negotiate with a couple of lawyers, uh, with Barry Gordy, and mm-hmm. they had signed a new contract which gave Stevie Wonder a $13 million advance. It was, at the time, the biggest contract in... That's, that's pretty um, good. <laughs> yeah, in record company history. And it was bigger than... I think Elton John's contract at the time, like a year before, was the biggest, and this was bigger than that. Um, it also had a clause where if Stevie recorded an album a year, which was obviously the rate he'd been mm-hmm. going at before this anyway... Um, then he would get a bonus, which would equate to doubling the contract. So by the time he wow. got to Sons in the Key of Life, um, he would end up earning somewhere in the region of $29 million. And that's not including the fact that he was getting something like 15% royalties, <laughs> uh, again, which was unheard of. Most people at Motown yeah. were lucky if they got five. Um, and then on top of that... Um, he also had a clause put in there, which meant that if Motown is ever bought out, and I think this clause still is active today, then they have to consult Stevie Wonder on whether or not the new owners are allowed to buy the company. Oh, wow. And yeah, so he basically, this was so that he, if, if, you know, if this contract is signed and then, you know, two years down the line, Motown were bought out, um, it meant that Stevie would be able to renegotiate his contract with whoever the new owners were. And if they didn't agree to the, you know, the honor this current contract, then, you know, he could basically stop any sale going through. You know, it was just a way of safeguarding his future. Yeah. And like I said, from the last album to this album, uh, Stevie Wonder, well, he got married, I think, in uh, early, uh, late, late 70 mm-hmm. uh, to Cyrita. And then by the time it got to February 1972, so, uh, you know, a month before this album came out, he divorced her. Aww. And um, <laughs> so it's interesting that he wrote this song with her. Uh, this mm-hmm. is only one of two songs on this album that are co-written by somebody else. Um, and, you know, again, I feel like her kind of influence is definitely felt on this track. Um, yeah. Although, like, uh, the, the kind of, it's a little bit more kind of what you expect from a Stevie Wonder song. Um, although kind of Definitely. the kind of the lyri- I mean the whole kind of I want to fly my kite and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, get on my camel and ride is probably one of my favorite lyrics in this song. I was very confused about what the camel was doing uh, there, but uh, it was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, so, but it, it feels a lot like some of the stuff that's in this verse, uh, or, or in kind of like some of the verses, is sung directly to Cyrita. Um, and that's mm. something, obviously, you know, that had started with Science Seal Delivered. Uh, a few of the tracks yeah. on the previous album also had him kind of singing stuff directly at Cyrita. Um, and there's a whole stuff in the, the the second verse, which we'll, you know, get into, where it feels like it's just directly Stevie Wonder singing, you know, about Cyrita. Um, and that's obviously yeah. something that kind of, you know, just the title of it, though, um, 
just the title of the song, you know, I love having you around, uh, considering mm-hmm. that they were divorced, you know, a month before this. It's, yeah. It's kind of bittersweet and ironic. Although, obviously, from this point on, they they stayed very good friends. Um, you know, in three months after this album was released, um, Cyrita had her own album uh, called mm-hmm. Cyrita, um, which, you know, f- opened up with a Stevie Wonder song. Um, you know, uh-huh. so so uh, actually, it's a it, it's a re-recording of the third track from this album called uh, "I Love Every Little mm-hmm. Thing About You." So you know, and then he also co-wrote some songs for that with her, and he did some production. Um, and oh. then in 1974, he produced an album called "Stevie Wonder Presents Cyrita." Um, so, <laughs> so she was very strong on her branding. I've got to I've got to be honest with you. You know, she she yeah. kind of stuck to it. Um, so, you know, they had a, a pleasant working relationship after this anyway, and they stayed friends for a long time. And it's kind of interesting because I think yeah. I think some of the kind of the stuff that's in this song. I mean, this song's mostly kind of like a, a silly kind of sing along song. It's a bit of a jam. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of Stevie as well. He has the talk box on here. So he's kind of messing about with the talk box um, and just kind of uh-huh. having fun with it. And so it's it's kind of mostly that. Uh, and then towards the end of the song, there's like a little fake out ending and then they kind of come back in and there's like you say, it's not like mm-hmm. a fully serious kind of opening song. Um, but there, there is a kind of a part in one of the verses, you know, like we, we kind of we kind of start with him saying at the beginning of the song, uh, baby, 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 and mama, mama, mama. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, you know, having fun. And then, you know, he talks about how every day he wants to uh, want to fly my kite. Um, and then he says he wants to get on his camel and ride. Uh, and then kind of one of the more key lyrics I would say is every day I want to shake your hand for in the world making me a better man. Um, and then, of course, he wants to get in his camel and ride. Um, but I just think yeah, like th- that kind of line is interesting, like that he's he's basically kind of almost saying to Sairita that he's thankful that he's met her because she's made him a better man. Now, I have to be honest with you. Yeah. Never met Steve Wonder in person, but he seems like the nicest person who's ever existed. So I don't know how anyone would make him into a better man than that. But uh, I guess as he was maturing and, you know, I think when when like when the kind of contract dispute started, um, you know, with the previous album, Cyrita was very much in Stevie's corner, uh, even though she mm-hmm. was technically still employed as a secretary at Motown. Uh, she, oh, she was interesting. She was basically kind of in his corner and saying, you know, you've got to negotiate yeah. and you've got to make sure you get a good contract. Um, and so she was kind of very supportive um, for that. So I don't know if this kind of like I want to shake your hand for, for, you know, in the world, making me a better man. I don't know if that's kind of maybe a little bit of an allusion to the, the kind of contract and the negotiations and her being in his corner. Yeah, something that at the very least, even if she didn't make him per se a nicer man and that was all him, that maybe she made him more willing to stand up for himself, which is probably in the long run a good thing. And yeah, it is really yeah. nice, I think, listening to the song how much he just actually likes her as a person. I mean, that really comes out that they have this just genuinely friendly relationship. And because there's even lines that would work for a friendship rather than a romantic partnership in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think there's something really lovely about that. Yeah. And I mean, I really like the chorus, which is, you know, and when the day is through, nothing to do, particularly because Stevie sings it in his kind of, his very kind of like passionate voice. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he says, I sit around grooving with you. And I say it because I love having you around. And then he, you know, repeats that. And it's like, yeah, you know, that that feels like him kind of talking to his friend. And he does say in the second yeah. verse, you know, every day I want to be your friend. And then, of course, on the talk box, he says, be your friend. Uh, the, it's mm-hmm. worth saying that from the second verse on, there's a lot of talk box going on in this song. <laughs> right. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a relatively high tolerance for talk box, but there's a lot of it in this particular song. Uh, and I'm glad that there <laughs> it's, isn't... It's, it's noticeable. Yeah, and there isn't, I'm glad there isn't much more on the rest of this album. 
um, you know, after this yeah. point. Um, but yeah, and he says, you know, because you, you have stuck with me through thick and thin, and every day I want to smile in your lovely brown eyes. Um, and he says, you know, I'm, every day I'm going to give my share because uh, I know you're going to take me there. Uh, and every day I want to get my camel and ride. Uh, again, I'm not sure why this yeah. camel thing has come about. Um, I was definitely trying to figure out, is there some <laughs> symbolism to the camel? Is it, I don't know, camels can carry a lot of water? Is that, a, is that something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just because it's just like, maybe it's an in-joke between the two of them. Um, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. it's just something that Cyrita and Stevie found amusing. And so they, they kind of put it into the song. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just love I, as well. It's always interesting as well when Stevie Wonder, a person who obviously has no sight, um, talks about, mm-hmm. the, you know, every day I want to smile in your lovely brown eyes. Like, obviously, uh, I, I'm guessing he doesn't know what color eyes Sarita has, uh, but he's assuming brown eyes. Not by personal yeah. experience, at least. Yeah. yeah. So um, and, and I just kind of like how, you know, he I mean, he does this in so many songs where he talks about seeing something or, you know, mm-hmm. and and. And I guess, you know, he's he's uh, he's not just writing songs about himself, but I think he's just writing them so that everybody will sing them. And so obviously, uh, you know, he's not going to exclude one of the senses uh, in songs just because he hasn't got it. Um, But I just kind of love this, this like the sentiment of like him, you know, this whole you've stuck with me through thick and thin. Um, And then, of course, later on, he says, you know, and in the end, I know you'll be with me because you've made my soul so free. Uh, again, that feels like maybe it's a, a kind of a veiled reference to the contract because <laughs> effectively, you know, the contract <laughs> gave him a lot of freedom to do whatever he wanted after this point. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I like this this sentiment of, you know, I just love having you around. Like that's something that I think, uh, like you say, it, it kind of it works even if they aren't married. It just works with saying it to a friend. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a really nice song. And uh, listening to the song, it does almost kind of make sense that this is a couple who, unlike many divorced couples, uh, really maintained an amicable and close relationship for a really long time. Yeah, that they really just had set something there in their relationship that really was able to withstand, uh, you know, going through a divorce. You know, he didn't marry again until 2001. Um, and, and then he, yeah. and then he was divorced. And then he married again recently. Um, but he's yeah, still 2017. Yeah. But still it, it like, it took him, you know, more than 20 years before he married anybody else. Um, and, right. and in that, and then only five years between the, uh, the second spouse and the third. So yeah. I guess, uh, she didn't make quite as much of an impact. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but it, like, and also, you know, there even, a, I mean, he, at this point he has nine children. Um, and there are some of those that people don't even know who the parents are, <laughs> like oh. other than Stevie Wonder. Like they know it's Stevie uh-huh. Wonder's kids, um, but he's he's got like a, a child. Um, like there's some there's some children we don't know the names of, and then there's some mothers that we don't know mm-hmm. the name of. Like you know he's 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 kept his private life reasonably private. Um, you know, with the exception of the stuff that happened with Cyrita. Um, you yeah. know, other than that, like, you, you know, most of, most of his kind of personal life has been his, you know, until his children all started becoming musicians and touring with him. Right. Um, and then obviously... But assuming that his partners were not necessarily musicians, that's yeah. honestly probably a nice enough thing to do to them to not bring them into the public eye if they don't want to be. Yeah. So he, you know, he's kept most of his, his you know, personal life kind of private. Um, and, and then kind of like, you know, from that, from, you know, that point on, you know, he's, you know, he's had a number of children with, uh, you know, a few different people. Um, uh, but like I say, you know, we mostly only know those sons because, or daughters, because, 
you know, they some of them become singers. Uh, I think one of his mm-hmm. sons is a guitarist with him now. Another plays drums for him. <laughs> so um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if his long-term aim was to kind of create a band out of all of his children, but it, feel, it certainly has like a Partridge family feel to it. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm surprised that nobody has pitched that. Uh, as like yeah. a you know, yeah, it says nine children by five different women according to Wikipedia. Although, like I say, you know, some of those some of those mothers aren't known, and even some of the children's yeah. names aren't known. Uh, which you know, yeah. if that's what Stevie wants to do, then I, I fully understand that. Um, but yeah. like you say, this song is kind of maybe indicative of uh, you know how his personal life is conducted in that he stays friendly with people, and you know he's able to sing like a seven minute song about loving having someone around yeah. <laughs> months after they got divorced. You know. And I don't know, I just kind of, I love it as like an opener to this album because um, it shows that, you know, this album is going to be a little bit different than the previous album. The previous album was a little mm-hmm. bit more kind of low key. Um, and, you know, there were a couple of songs on there that were a little bit more, um, you know, kind of ballads and stuff. Like this doesn't feel like it's a ballad uh, because it's kind no. of almost too funky to be a ballad. Um, but then at the same time, later on in the song, Stevie Wonder sings the word funky, funky, funky. So uh, I don't know if you can get away with singing funky in a song that is meant right. to be funky. Like, it, you know, it feels like it kind of negates it. Um, and so I don't know. I just I really love this as an opener. I think, you know, this is a really this is what, you know, from this point on, you know, we're, we're kind of in classic territory. And I think everything, you know, although obviously Rolling Stone disagreed with this. Um, again, <laughs> the feeling that this is a bit overproduced. Another rather scathing review. Yeah. So, uh, but I still, I still really love it as an opener. So I would say for me, five out of five, like it's, it's just such a strong, um, kind of open. And I think as well, you know, if you know kind of the history of Stevie Wonder's divorce and stuff, it makes it even more interesting. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that he has this, yeah, definitely you know, this kind of extremely cordial song with his wife that's kind of been written, but. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, th- I-, I think this is also a great song in that one of the things that the Rolling Stones uh, uh, reviewer complained about, I think, on a number of occasions, although I can't remember if you mentioned this song in particular, is basically it's so long. And the song is about seven minutes, but it doesn't feel irritatingly long in the way that I think a number of seven minute songs can. Yeah, I, I mean, this is one of the things that, like when, when I when I first kind of listened to this album, and, you, you know, you see kind of like a couple of songs. I mean, this and then, you know, Superwoman, I think, is the next track. Um, mm-hmm. And Superwoman is like, I don't know, eight minutes long. <laughs> um, right. So you're kind of looking at starting the album off with two like really long tracks. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, from that point on as well, you know, there's there's like a, a couple of other, you know, long tracks on the second side as well. that are, You know, more than five minutes long. Um, yeah. But I personally, like... Uh, I don't think that these opening two tracks feel that long, you know, uh, no. in particular because Superwoman kind of transitions like it's actually kind of like a three minute song and a five minute song. <laughs> it's like a kind mm-hmm. of a, a little split in there that they, they kind of just they do without kind of announcing it, really. Um, but I, I think this is, you know, whenever I listen to this song, it kind of gets towards the end and I start to hear the fake out ended and I'm like, oh, this song's, yeah. song's almost over. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that, <laughs> you know, kind of five minutes had gone by that quickly and we're almost at the fake out. And yeah. it, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because it is, um, you know, I think mostly because it feels like a really kind of positive kind of like sing along, like opener of a song you can kind of get swept away um, for like seven minutes. It's very happy and heartwarming. It really sets up this nice feeling of kind of, I don't know, kind of almost being in, you know, involved in this yourself of uh, this kind of nice, like, oh, and we're all friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think as well, it, it, I mean, you know, obviously Stevie Wonder already kind of has this reputation for being someone who's very friendly. So the fact that he's singing a song where he's talking about having people around and, 
it, it does kind of yeah. make you feel like, oh, I'm sure if I like, you know, went around to Stevie's house and just knocked on his door, he'd like happily welcome me in. Um, I'm sure yeah. he wouldn't. I'm sure his security would have something to say about that. But it just feels like he's very welcoming. I, mean, I hope he's not welcoming yeah. strangers <laughs> off the street, yeah. probably. But, but it, it feels like he's very welcoming and open. And, you know, and I, I think that's probably one of the things that, you know, why a lot of people love Stevie Wonder just as an artist is because he is so kind of like positive and happy and uh, and very kind of like open. Yeah. And, you know, this is the kind of song that reflects that. Um, so, well, is there anything else that yeah, needs absolutely. to be said about this uh, opening track here? No, I don't think so. Oh, there is, a, I would say, this kind of little hint at the end that says something like, uh, you know, even though you're kind of messing around, I still want you around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which uh, <laughs> does have a little bit of a hint at the trouble, which obviously by the time this eventually got released was very apparent, unfortunately. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it was such an amicable divorce, I think, like, I guess, yeah. like, contemporary, you could kind of, you could see this as an album that came out close to divorce and maybe read things into it. But, you know, decades on, we can see that, you know, in the end, they stayed firm so friends. And it, yeah. so it's like, yeah, you know, I think it's just, a, yeah, there's a kind of bit of improvisation on the outro where he kind of just keeps saying mm-hmm. little things. And you're like, oh, okay, Stevie. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, he doesn't get super bitter, but it's like, it feels like there's a hint of something there that, you know, um, if if he had been a more bitter person, that that would have been kind of more of the song. Um, but as it is, it just right. feels like a you know a really kind of positive opening. Um, and you know, a lot of yeah, people absolutely. for for a lot of people, this is the start of his his classic period. Um, you know, and also you know, this is the point at which he gets super super wealthy. So, <laughs> so um, he he'd moved out. He'd moved. <laughs> a, yeah, he'd moved away from um, Hitsville, um, and he'd kind of gone to New York and kind of set himself up mm-hmm. um, in an apartment in New York. And he was, you know, basically spending as much time as he wanted recording music. Um, to yeah, in, on later albums, to the chagrin of his kind of um, his fellow musicians, because. Um, you know, having no sight, he's not dictated by when the sun rises and the sun sets. So he would have a habit of calling people oh, at three mm-hmm. in the morning to say, I finished recording a song. Why don't you pop down to the studio and do your part? <laughs> and they'd have to say, Stevie, it's 3 a.m. And, you know, when you're, when you're a multimillionaire musician who can basically do whatever he wants... Um, you, you know. don't need the. You don't need time. No, time is a figment of your mind. No, and I, I, you know, that was obviously something that also Prince would have a tendency to do would be to record at all mm-hmm. hours. Um, you know, which is one of the things that I feel connects them as artists is you know they're willing to just kind of whenever they you know whenever the mood took them just record songs. Um, you know, uh, and yeah, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's a strong opener to the album, and you know, this is obviously you know uh, a really great album, and I, you know, I look forward to talking about the rest of the tracks. Um, but before we do that, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Sarah? Yes, I have a podcast called Media Evil, where in my capacity as a medieval historian, I talk about uh, medieval-themed uh, books, TV, and movies, and for the most part, why they are wrong about the Middle Ages. And you can find us on Twitter at Media Evil Pod. And for this project, you can find us on Twitter at Stevie Wonder. Uh, thanks for being my guest here today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, goodbye. Bye. Why have you destroyed? You destroyed.